Hey there, podcast listeners, and welcome to this week's Physics Central podcast. I'm Mike Lucibella. Scientists are on the verge of a sort of revolution in astronomy. They're developing a number of experiments to start looking at the heavens using neutrinos, a type of particle created in nuclear reactions which only barely interacts with matter. It's a whole new way for astronomers to study the universe. Neutrino observatories like IceCube and ARA and ANITA and um, some of the other experiments are kind of novel devices to be able to um, look at the universe in a new way. Rather than looking at light, we're looking at neutrinos, but they carry uh, complementary but sometimes different information. This is Ryan Manu. He's a graduate student at the University of Maryland and working on one of these projects, the Ascarian Radio Array. It's a giant neutrino detector being built at the bottom of the world by a collaboration of 11 international institutions. So the Ascarian Radio Array is a set of 37 stations that are placed in the ice in, uh, at the South Pole. The R collaboration buries their detectors deep in order to use the ice itself to spot the highest energy neutrinos. And they started building the array in 2011 and are still in the early phases of construction. So currently we have um, three stations. Basically, each station that we have is an individual neutrino detector. Um, it looks at the ice around it and can do all the reconstructions of possible neutrino event that we want. And their plans call for many more over an enormous area. Um, and then we have a grid of 37 of these uh, placed um, sort of covering, I believe, 100 square kilometers of ice uh, sort of by the South Pole Station, uh, sort of in a hexagon pattern. 100 square kilometers is pretty gigantic. That's bigger than Manhattan. Amy Connolly from Ohio State University explains why it needs to be so huge. Um, and so they're very rare particles, and that's why we need to build this very, very large array in order to you know, scan a large enough out, uh, volume to have a, have a chance to see them. Um, once we build the um, array of 37 stations, then we expect, for some models, we expect about um, 10 neutrinos over about three years of running. And the S itself is critical to the experiment. So what we're using is called the Iskarian effect, um, hence the name Iskarian radio array. So like I mentioned earlier, neutrinos are ghostly particles that usually pass through vast amounts of matter without interacting with any of it. And that makes them incredibly tough to detect. But there are ways. When one hits a nucleus of an atom straight on, it can create a flash of electromagnetic radiation. Lower energy neutrinos create flashes of light, while the highest energy neutrinos, the kind that Aura is looking for, produce radio signals for just a tiny fraction of a second. This, essentially, is the Iskarian effect, and ice is an excellent medium to listen for it in. Because at the South Pole there's lots and lots of ice, there are plenty of densely packed nuclei for neutrinos to hit. And radio signals travel pretty well in it, while at the same time it blocks out a lot of other interference. A radio wave can travel kilometers at a time without being um, dispersed too much. Hence, we can use large detector volumes, but sparse instrumentation. The radio can actually travel about one kilometer in the ice before being stopped. So that, so that sets a scale for how far we can put our detectors. So we can space our stations about two kilometers apart. In order to really pinpoint where the neutrinos came from, they have to bury the detectors deep in the ice, more than 200 meters below the surface. The ice doesn't have a constant index of refraction. So basically, if you emit uh, some radio in the ice, uh, if it's close to the surface, it'll be bent substantially. So by the time you detect it, 
where you think the pulse came from isn't where it actually came from. There was some bending in between. And so there's this region of the surface called the fern from the surface to about 150 meters deep where it's you know, undergoing a transition from snow to deep ice. And so we want to get past this region of the fern, but if we can get down, down below the fern, then the signals travel in straight lines. Those lines, if you follow them out into space, could point astronomers to some of the most mysterious energetic phenomena in the universe. So, you know, cosmic rays have been seen up above about 10 to the 20 electron volts, and no one knows what the sources of those are. No one knows um, what engine is producing cosmic rays to such high energy. And those same sources should be producing neutrinos themselves, actually. So we can see neutrinos from the sources and from this GZK process that's occurring as the cosmic rays travel through the universe. That GZK effect that Amy mentioned is another way to hunt for these mysterious energetic phenomena. In addition to emitting their own neutrinos, they also kick off charged cosmic ray particles. And these aren't quite as helpful for astronomers because they can get deflected by magnetic fields, so they don't necessarily point straight back to their source. But sometimes they run into a stray photon or something and emit a neutrino, which can't be deflected by intervening magnetic fields. Now, real astronomy with neutrinos is still in its infancy, but it's coming. Ryan compares it to the history of another astronomical revolution, X-ray astronomy. X-rays were first discovered from the sun, and then uh, we discovered a kind of diffuse isotropic flux of X-rays from all around the sky, uh, and then we were able to resolve uh, individual sources of X-rays. Sort of the same thing has happened with neutrinos, where first we've um, seen them from the sun, uh, we've seen them from uh, supernova uh, 1987A, um, and now we've discovered our uh, kind of diffuse uh, neutrino flux. So hopefully we'll be able to uh, resolve neutrino sources um, soon. Uh, we're kind of expanding our picture of the universe and should uh, give us a better understanding of um, the highest energy accelerators in the universe, which I find fascinating. Hard not to. That's all for this week's Physics Central podcast. You can find more of our podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and so much more at www.physicscentral.com. Thanks for listening. Thank